I kind of feel like I'm like the host of The Price is Right because I'm going to be like calling down different people to speak. You know, so I'm like, come on down. All right, well, I'm going to open us in prayer and uh, Melanie can start heading on up. So Jesus, we just thank you for today. Lord, we just ask you that this room would be filled of your love and your presence and that you'd give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on down. Thank you. Well, apparently my husband thinks I'm going to cry, so. (laughs) I'm kind of a crier. Um, Well, as David said, my name is Melanie Elliott. Um, Some of you may know me. Um, If you do, you know that I'm never really at a loss for words. Um, But we'll see how this goes today. Um, Heather asked me to speak, uh, it's probably been a month or so ago, um, and my first reaction, I'll be honest, was just to say, well, you know, I'm too busy, um, a lot on my plate right now, can I think about it? And she's like, oh, sure, you know, think about it. So um, I reached out to um, a friend of mine that um, I really trust, um, and she has such a strong faith. Um, to see what what she thought. Um, As a teacher, um, this is what I do every day. I get up in front of kids and, um, well, not that you guys are kids, but I get up in front of people every day and um, model for them, teach them, show them, direct them, guide them, right? Um, But being up here today is a little bit different (laughs) because, you know, as a teacher, you can kind of get up and do your dog and pony show, and it's not just about the words, but it's about Um, all the things, the activities and things that you're doing. So this is a little bit different. So I um, reached out to one of my friends, and um, I want to share her specific text back to me. She said, "Um, your story is God's story. Sharing the work of God in your life as a mother is not about you. Take the pressure off yourself. You are the vessel. The question is, what do you need to take off your plate to make time for this? People love to hear testimonies. Everyone can relate to that. Dig in like you have never, like you never have, and witness what God can do through you. Pretty profound, right? My response was, so in other words, uh, I need to say yes? (laughs) Huge emoji back, right? Like, (laughs) um, so here I am talking to you about what motherhood and being a mom means to me. Um, Many times you'll hear when people speak, they get up, and when they're supposed to talk about a specific um, subject matter, they will provide you a definition. So that's where I'm going to start. Webster's definition of a mom is a female parent, a woman in authority, to give birth to, to give rise to, to care for, or protect maternal. Well, I didn't really think that was enough, so I kind of dug a little deeper. Um, And then in that search, I found... um, more definitions. Mothers are women who inhabit or perform the role of bearing some relation to their children, who may or may not be their biological offspring, to act as a mother toward, act maternally towards, sometimes in an excessive way. She mommed me with advice. A term of endearment used to refer to a woman who is admired, a woman who has responsibility for the care of children, a woman that does a lot for her family. The one person who knows where all your stuff is. A mother is a caregiver. Her love is unconditional. 
<clears throat> I, um, I grew up or have grown up in a really large family. My mom is one of seven children. Um, and so we were never <laughs> at a loss for lots of kids uh, running around, and I was never at a loss for getting to, to mother them. Um, and so that started at a pretty young age. And I knew at the age of 12 uh, that I wanted to be a teacher. My grandma was a teacher. My aunt was a teacher. My mom's best friend was a teacher. Um, it was just what I was meant to do. Um, and so growing up, I was always the one that my friends came to for advice, for guidance, um, and to, you know, help them solve their problems. So I guess the mothering started even in my, in my teen years. Um, when I began teaching at the age of 23, um, again, that mothering, nurturing role um, kicked in. Um, and this just shows that you don't have to have a child of your own to have a mother's heart. Um, my journey and God's plan truly began to take hold, unbeknownst to me. I did grow up in church. I uh, grew up in a Methodist church, and our house actually sat um, on the corner of the block, and there was our neighbor and our church. And so um, my friends and I were in the church choir. We would get off the bus, and we would go to choir practice on Wednesdays. Um, and I just learned that, you know, what we were supposed to do as we went to Bible school in the summer, and as we went to Sunday school each, each uh, Sunday, that we were supposed to love others, help others, and do the right thing. But it wasn't until the age of 26 that I fell in love with Jesus and began to understand that my plans and his plans might not exactly be aligned. Because as you guys know, we all have plans, and then God's like, yeah, great idea. <laughs> and so with that, the, the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, really spoke, speaks to me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future. Well, my plan to get married at the age of 26 didn't happen. At 31, I came to the realization that God still had work to do in me and finally decided to let him truly be in charge of this aspect of my life. My plan was to get married at, oh, sorry, uh, four years later when those words were spoken back to me. Oh, I think I skipped part, sorry. Okay, sorry. Um, I, did, I realized that God still had work to do in me and finally decided to let him truly be in charge. Four years later, when those words were spoken back to me by my future husband, it was a revelation. He said, and I quote, Justin, my husband, um, said, and I quote, maybe you were just who you were supposed to be, and God still had work to do in me. I never thought that God could be working on my behalf to equip my husband for me. Because it was always about me, like what was, you know, everybody else was married, everybody else had kids, so there had to be something wrong with me. And so that, that was a huge revelation for me that I'm like, oh, it might be you, not me. Okay. <laughs> Once again, God had set me on a path. My husband, Justin, and I were married on June 23rd, 2007, 15 years ago this year. I became Justin's wife and a mom to his five-year-old son, Lance. I had a heart of a mother long before I became Lance's mom, but being a mom in the true sense of the word meant it was my responsibility to help teach, guide, and shape him into a child of God. Two years later, on my 37th birthday, I know ladies, so those of you that aren't married yet, there's hope, okay? It's, there's hope. Babies, there's hope. <laughs> um, on my 37th birthday, I became Maya's mom. And finally, two and a half months prior to my 40th birthday, 
I became Dawson's mom. It is my greatest joy to be their mom. See, my husband was right. (laughs) Um, The baby snuggles are long gone, and I will admit that I miss them. But I'm learning that every phase of their life has its own special quality. Lance is now 20 years old and is stepping into adulthood in all its glory. Maya is now, is newly appointed, is our newly appointed teenager. Everybody can say, aw. I will admit I'm enjoying our chats, watching girly shows, going shopping, teaching her how to curl her hair, and having true heart-to-heart talks about friends, family, and faith. Dawson turned double digits this year, and his sports schedule and sports knowledge never ceases to amaze me. He is such a joy, has such a genuine soul, and the quickest wit of any 10-year-old I know, and I teach 10-year-olds all day long. We listen to our kids banter back and forth and smile. We play silly games in the car while we're driving, and they're finally, Maya, this is for you, getting better at naming those awesome 80s musicians like Billy Joel, Lionel Richie, Huey Lewis, and Michael Jackson. And then I put, well, at least Maya is, because Dawson's horrible. He just literally says every song, Michael Jackson. I'm like, buddy, Billy Joel, Michael Jackson, no, they don't sound anything alike. (laughs) We're making memories, living life together, going through struggles, but always counting our blessings along the way. It is in these moments, once again, I recognize that God has set me, set us on a path. My scripture is Jeremiah 33.3, and it just really speaks in this moment. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things you do not know. In that, when God says call to me, he's asking us to pray. So he may declare the many blessings he has in store for us. When we pray, God will answer us and allow us to experience more faithfulness, break strongholds, open a new door, Fulfill promises. Who knows what God will do? Remember at the beginning when I started off, I mentioned that I have a lot on my plate, but we'll get back to that. I'm going to get back to that. In March, Maya turned 13 on March 30th, and I turned 50. Yeah, exactly. Um, And on June 4th of this year, I will become the mother of five. My husband's right again. God is expanding my heart, opening new doors, stretching me, growing me in a multitude of ways, and most importantly, allowing me, us, to be what Jesus is to me and to my family. We will become foster parents to my cousins. To my cousin's children. They have joined us at church a few times. Anna is 13, almost 14, and Max is four, almost five. Anna will start high school this year, and Max will start kindergarten. And I didn't write this down, but I'm going to say this. And my husband, I have to be at work at like 7.30 in the morning, and so he does all the delivering. He's literally going to be going to every school in our district. K-2 building, the 3-5 building, the middle school, and the high school. So... 
He deserves a round of applause too. Among a lot of other things, but um, we will get to experience the highest of highs and I'm sure some of the lowest of lows. But again, this is the path, the journey that God has set before us. Being a mom to them will be done in the trenches in all the little things they may not even notice. Being consistent, listening, celebrating their wins, making dinner, washing their clothes, helping them with homework, setting boundaries, walking through their grief and pain, playing catch, watching them in their element, laughing, crying, feeling all the feels, just as if I gave birth to them. <sighs> Ladies, we're all moms. Maybe not by the Webster definition, but by giving love, sharing our time, guiding, supporting, celebrating, praying, dreaming with and for a child or another person, you too are a mother. I learned about 24 years ago that my path and plan was not going to play out the way I had envisioned it and in my time frame. God had a much different plan, a much better plan, a plan and a path that brought me to my amazing husband and a partner at the age of 35 rather than 26 <laughs> that brought my wonderful children, Lance, Maya, and Dawson, my community of amazing friends and support system, and now he has directed my path and opened my heart to offer Anna and Max a safe, consistent, loving, supportive environment to grow and flourish in, and God will continue to guide and direct us as we walk out this journey. Romans 8.28 um, connects with this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Jess and I have felt the tug on our hearts for some time for Anna and Max, but it became all the more clear when we weren't looking for a house or looking to move. And out of nowhere, an amazing five-bedroom home fell into our lap. God quickened my heart, as my sister used to say, and made it clear that the house was ours. It was what God had planned for us all along, and now we know why. Okay, almost done. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I'm scared. And I'm worried that I won't be enough, that I won't have enough patience, I won't have the endurance. For goodness sakes, Max is four. Um, and that my own children won't get what they need. But when I stop and give myself grace, like God gives grace, I realize that I can, that Justin and I can do this. I want to encourage moms to give themselves grace. Sorry, geez, I can't even see. <laughs> grace in the trying, grace for the good intentions, grace in all things. As moms, we give grace to everyone. We must give it to ourselves. And I just want to end with this quote. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. And that quote is by Marianne Williamson. Um, so I just want to say that, <laughs> as my friend said, you know, that I needed to let, um, that this wasn't about me, that it was about God. 
Um, I will say I've worked off and on on this over the last month or so and just kind of let my thoughts, um, like I would just grab a piece of paper and write something down. And then last night as I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> organize it all, um, it just came together. And I know that's because God was directing, again, my path. Um, and so it is my great joy to be my, a mother to my children. Um, and it is a joy that we will have Max and Anna and that God trusts me to be that to them. So, um, okay. Um, and then I was, Heather texted me and said, I have to pray too. Good grief. So, <laughs> so I'm going to do that as well. So I just, um, to all the mothers, to the fathers, to all of us, um, that on a daily basis need grace. Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us. We're good at giving grace to others, but we're not good at giving grace to ourselves, especially moms. And so I just ask in your name, Lord, that you would um, help us to feel that, the grace that you give us, and allow ourselves to feel that in every part of our thoughts, our bodies, our minds, our actions, our deeds, um, our reactions, um, that we would give ourselves grace. Um, and today I just wish all of you a very happy Mother's Day. And um, as we add these two kiddos to, to our group uh, starting in June, um, I would just love for you to become uh, their family as well. Amen. Thank you. All right. Well, the next woman we have is Brianna Beers. You want to start heading down? Hello. My first inclination uh, is just to tell you guys that you know that feeling that you get um, before you do something that feels like you're going to die. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. I can't tell how loud I am. I'm really sorry. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to read from my sheet because I'm really bad at public speaking. I don't, okay. Uh, a wife of noble character who can find. I'm sure that my husband is not alone in having a partner who is rough around the edges. I cannot be the only woman here who hates the mornings or more often than I would like to admit, eats the bread of idleness. I am not frequently able to laugh at the days to come because I would not consider myself readily clothed in strength and dignity. I am a human being and therefore I have to battle my selfish and anxious predisposition if I want to grow and see good fruit. I was already very familiar with Proverbs 31. I think it's probably safe to assume that everybody in the church is especially those of us who call ourselves mothers or women. <sighs> um, when I agreed to dive a little deeper with the Lord, I didn't just see all the ways in which I could grow. He, of course, provided a new insight into the wife of noble character that we were introduced to in this chapter. When I looked, when I took a deeper, sorry, <laughs> When I took the chapter apart, I recognized a few things about this wife of noble character. The first thing I recognized is that she is trustworthy and intentional with her actions and with her time. 
I thought, well, this makes sense. Who would want to be married to someone who is flippant and cannot be trusted? And so I moved on. The next thing I noticed is that she is full of love and compassion. She really understands how to provide. She uses her time and talents to care for not only her family, but also those around her. She sees a need and she has a heart that is open to filling it. This is something that I personally have had to work on over the years. Uh, she pours out compassion and her own hard work for the sake of others. Finally, I noted that she is wise, full of strength, dignity, and faithful instruction. She knows when and how to speak to others. She knows how to walk out her role in a manner that denotes the dignity innate in the work that has been placed before her. She see, uh, we see that these qualities result in the wife's recognition, not necessarily by the masses, but by those who know her fully those people in her life for whom she has cared most diligently. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. The work of her hands brings praise at the city gate, presumably by those who she extended her hand to. Though we are not, uh, though we are, sorry, though there are many other amiable qualities identified in this chapter, these are the ones that spoke to me the most. As... Uh, Christ is in the church, so a husband should be to his wife. It stands to reason, then, that the noble character we see here also applies to the body at large. We are the body of Christ. The Lord cherishes us, even when we do not look like a wife of noble character. He shapes us, and he gives us trust when it isn't deserved, making us trustworthy. He sets our lives before us so that we may practice being intentional, and he shows us what love and compassion are when we wake up and as we move through our days. He develops our wisdom. He provides us with strength. He puts us in a place of dignity even when we should feel ashamed. We can faithfully instruct others, and only because of his words and deeds will our instruction be fruitful. As mothers, we often forget the dignity that can be found in caring for our children. We are with them every day, losing our patience, making food, for the 18th time, and cleaning and recleaning all of the places that we just finished cleaning. <sighs> to be a mother is no easy feat. You are expected to be the mature person who's in charge. You have to manage your feelings while you actively participate in loving others better than you feel like doing. So, you take a deep breath and hopefully remember to turn to the Lord more often than you choose not to. Our children will hopefully grow up to love the Lord, and when they do, they will inevitably be in the trenches of this life every day. They will lose their patience with sinners and saints alike, serving others for what feels like the 18th time, and mending and remending the deepest parts of themselves with the Lord. In the end, what can we do that is more noble than this? We show our families and communities the love of Christ through the character that he is building on us every day. By being trustworthy, intentional, loving, compassionate, wise in our actions, strong in our decisions, and faithful in our instruction, we are able to model to our children, at least in some small part, what their role as the bride of Christ is meant to look like. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I'll just pray for us, because I don't have anything else to say, and I'm really bad at this. All right. Father God, thank you for your goodness and your love. Thank you that we get to stand before you and lay down our um, anxiety and discomfort, that we get to 
um, come up and speak the good things that you um, put in us, Lord, that you are teaching us and growing in us. Um, please continue to bless the women here who are speaking to um, open their mouths better than I'm able to. And uh, I ask that um, you help us grow as the body of Christ to, to take on these noble characteristics that you express in this chapter so beautifully. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That was great. And so as Betty heads down here, you know, one thing that I will say out of the last two speakers, you know, they both came up here and said they were nervous. And that shows to me what a mother's heart is. How often have I seen my wife be nervous, overcome her nervousness in doing something to bless others? Because both of their messages were great, but they were nervous up here and we received it and they got out of their comfort zone to help us. Here you go, Betty. I had my, I had my own Kleenex. All right, Brianna, thank you so much for Psalm 30, I mean, yeah, Proverbs 31. That is what I spoke at my mother's funeral. And um, what I'm to do today I, uh, is not what I started out to do because I had a nice, cute little thing written up. And um, then I went to Sunday school, and uh, the Lord reminded me of that I need to honor my mother. And I uh, started out with uh, talking about uh, the way she used to sweep, and as she swept, she would sing, and she would sing in the garden. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. Yeah. And the voice I hear calling in my ear, no other has ever known. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the love we share as I tarry there, none other has ever known. That was my mom. She just did it. She swept and she sang. She uh, loved and she lived. Um. And we're told to honor our fathers and mothers so that it will go well with us. This is the commandment with a promise. And we have a promise of life and love, uh, not only through following the, the commandments, but through experiencing that love from our moms. Um, she, was, uh, she was one of 12. Uh, one of the youngest of 12, which kind of puts you out on your own, doing your own stuff while everybody's getting their stuff done. And, and she learned how to do things her way, and she taught me her way. Whether it was right or not, that's what I learned, and it was good. Um, I am the first surviving child in my parents' uh, marriage. They had several miscarriages during World War II, uh, it was, it was a hard time, but I'm the first surviving child, and I know and I will never doubt that I am loved because they showed me that, and they meant it because they had lived death. But I am alive and well and able to testify that I am loved. Um, she... Um, 
being one of the youngest of 12 and having moved from the country to the city uh, with my dad, wasn't always involved toward the end of her parents' life. When uh, her father passed away and they had a, um, they had a sale of the farm, at the farm, she wasn't able to go. But somehow she got one thing, and it was a, a sugar bowl, which makes sense to me because it was sweet. And, but that was her one item that she had as, a, uh, as an heirloom. The, um, she didn't put it up on a shelf. She used it. And one day, for some reason, and I don't know how it happened actually, I broke it. It fell on the floor and the, the sugar spilled all over. And there was one thing she said to me. You didn't get hurt, did you? And that's another blessing from my mother. Because we were always more important than anything that she had. Nothing could take away her memories and the love that her parents gave her, but uh, it, it horrified me, but she, she told me, you didn't get hurt. Um, she had a love for life, uh, not only her own life and her children's life, lives, uh, there are four of us, all surviving still, but uh, she... Um, she even loved the baby guinea pigs that came out of the two male <laughs> pigs that I brought home for my uh, brother and sister. <laughs> and, and she nurtured them and made sure that they were uh, supported and, and showed us that young life is, is important. Um, she wasn't perfect, but she was my mother, and she did the job that the Lord gave her to do. Uh, I know that uh, I'm like Timothy, that my grandmother and my mother prayed for me. And I, uh, I am blessed. So my prayer for you guys is that you would know the love of God in that way, personally, daily, in every way, that there would be no doubt in your mind that God loves you. Lord, Lord, I ask that you would bless each mind and each heart and uh, allow them to fully rec recognize your love. Thank you for uh, giving me the joy of having a mother. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to picture that when I, my kids break something at my house, not to worry about <laughs> the thing they break. I'm like, oh, Jesus, I need more of a mother's heart in me. <laughs> the next person is Hope. You want to start heading your way? Thank you. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak, even though I join you all with nervousness. <laughs> and I, too, also uh, just believe that the Lord has something for you. So uh, I'm just going to deep breathe. 
<laughs> so my story uh, focuses on the lessons um, from being a mother, aside from feeling tired and trying to function in distraction, like true fatigue and true distraction. <laughs> um, more than that was to learn how to love people more and to see people totally differently because we struggled with infertility for years. And we dealt with, you know, the pain of every month wishing and wanting and yearning. And um, we tried everything. We did, you know, nutrition and changed our soap. <laughs> and we went through KU Med and spent a lot, a lot of money um, on a lot, a lot of procedures to no avail. And it really taught me a lot about science and how you can truly have everything in order, everything perfect, and no fruit come from it. And it just shows me that even the people you don't like are here on purpose. <laughs> even the people who have major, major issues, they're miracles like major miracles, and not just a little bit of a miracle. Like from conception, the delivery, miracle. Toddlerhood, more of a miracle. <laughs> How much he's climbing and not falling and not dying, miracle. <laughs> so uh, I wanna go to the struggle at the time, you know, God had given us his name, Azariah, in the Bible. And we knew that we had this promise. I knew I had a baby in my life. I knew I was a mom, but, you know, it just kept not coming. And the devastation, it, it's, it's crazy, you know, just hug the people who are dealing with infertility because, but not too much because it's really awkward too. <laughs> you know, it's like... The whole thing is just awful in every way. You know, people don't want to tell you when they're pregnant and they don't want to invite you to their kids' birthdays because they don't want to hurt you and it's just awful. <laughs> but um, we had this promise and the Lord gave us a name and I loved the name and it was so unique, Azariah. And the, the Lord even gave us Stephen, his middle name is Justin's stepdad's name. And we just knew it was his middle name. and But then, like, nothing kept happening, nothing. And again, everything perfect, but nothing. And um, finally, we went to a house of prayer, which, by the way, I should say, we I responded to every prayer. You know, if it was about, Lord, give us more faith, respond. <laughs> If it was about healing, uh-huh, I'm there. <laughs> if it was about forgiveness, I might be infertile because I might have unforgiveness. You know, like I was responding, doing everything, and nothing, nothing, nothing. But this time, uh, we, my mother and I went to this house of prayer, and of course, I just responded like always, but this time, it was different. And this time, the man who was there really walked with me through so many different prayers over my husband and fighting for his life and fighting for any strongholds in our generations and you know who knows what the trick was but I can say 
that that day I felt heat in my belly. And I just knew Jesus touched me. He healed me. (laughs) 100%. And we also had two other, I should have asked your permission to, to say that Justin also was healed from a spirit of suicide. Uh, I don't know, healed, delivered, who knows, who cares? He was changed, and he didn't even know. He didn't even know that we were praying for him. It was months later, I I was kind of like testing the Lord, and I just asked him, you know, have you dealt with, you know, thoughts of, you know, wanting to kill yourself? (laughs) And he was like, huh, no, they're gone. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. Miracle two happened that day. And my mom also was healed from seeing flutters. Uh, So I won't, I'll try not to get too distracted there. But three miracles happened that day. And so God is good. And he is the God of miracles. And he can and he does and he heals and he is and he is wonderful in every way. And I want to say that out loud to you, Jesus. You are. You are so good. And we thank you, and I thank you for everything that you do. I thank you for all of these people here who are truly, truly miracles, truly miracles. So back to his name, after we conceived, um, which, yeah, three days later, which, you know, I was, you know, tracking everything. I wasn't you know, ovulating, and it was during that time, and, you know, everything about it just was was a complete miracle to conceive at that time. It was just, like, not possible, but it was possible. He is the God of impossible. So, anyways, after we conceived and we looked a little more at this name he gave us, um, we didn't know that it meant Yahweh has helped, you know. <laughs> There's two Azariahs so unique in this congregation. So Yahweh has helped. Yahweh has helped. Yahweh has helped. And that's what we needed. We needed Yahweh's help. And that's what you need is Yahweh's help for everything that you're going through. You know, so many of us, we, we, we're still, so many of you are still battling for that promise that God put in your heart just like he put in my heart. We're still, you know, sometimes losing battles. I like that the lady before me honored her mom because, uh, you know, it's serendipitous that I'm that I'm talking today about the greatest blessing in my life, the greatest healing in my life, the greatest practical knowledge of Jesus being real, the greatest joy in my life, and also that year we lost my mother tragically Um, and so on Mother's Day I'm also speaking about the greatest tragedy in my life and so back to Azariah he his name is the Hebrew name for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego those names were given by King Nebuchadnezzar Uh, they are the Babylonian names so Abednego is actually Azariah in Hebrew. And when they were meant to, when they were trying to be forced to bowing down to their gods, the Babylonian gods, they said that 
Here, I'll just read it. In, in Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar's God. O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. And I just want that anytime you see Azariah, you stand with us in agreement that even when things don't work out the way we want them to, even though we lost the battle over my mom, Azariah reminds me that we will not bow down. We will not bow down to other gods. We're not going to bow down to bitterness or selfishness, or we're not going to bow down to the world's gods of, of just being isolated. That is a God. That is not the Lord Jesus. It is, it is him to love each other. He is the God of miracles. He's the God of hope. And so that's what I'm imparting to you today. Hope encouragement to fight, 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 do all you can, respond, respond, respond to God. Open up your hearts again for all of those times and all of those things that he put in your heart, those promises he put in every one of your hearts. You know, maybe it's a promise of a job. Maybe it's a promise of, you know, for me it was, it was my, my kid, but all of us have those things in our hearts that he has put in there. And so I just impart to you, I impart to you the eyes of hope, the eyes of hope, the eyes of hope to be now on you toward each other, walking in love, walking in righteousness, and standing against the gods of this world and declaring that we are not going to bow down, whether it works or not. Whether God backs us up or not, he is king. Amen. Amen. Now uh, we got our final person. We got Clara. You want to come on down to the Price is Right? I didn't know that's what that name meant. So I'm like, I'm buzzing on it. You know. Thank you. Well, good morning, Carols. And happy Mother's Day to all of you beautiful mothers. I thank God for you. I'm just a person of many testimonies. And uh, I believe in my heart that the Lord got me standing here right now. All the testimonies that I've been through and all that I'm going through. First of all, I wanted to say something about my children. And even though they're not here right now, I do know that they're in my heart and I'm in their heart. 
And first testimony is that my oldest son, both him and me, almost died. And uh, before he was born, I had pneumonia, and he was eating out my stomach on the inside. And uh, I didn't know what it was like to be pregnant, but my mother, somehow she knew, because she was the one who told me to go to the hospital. She said, it's time for you to go to the hospital. And I'm like, how do you know, <laughs> you know? But somehow, someway, mothers always know. So I thank God that she sent me to the hospital. And that's all I remember because I was in a coma for three days. And I had pneumonia. My baby had pneumonia. And uh, I remember waking up, oh, we got, I guess around three days later. And uh, my parents was talking. They didn't know if I was going to die or if my son was going to die. Oh, but God. And we made it through. He was born two pounds. And then he lost a half a pound. Well, he was a pound and a half. So I had to stay in the hospital for... Uh, three months, and he had to stay in the hospital for five. But right now, I am very proud of my son because he's just a computer analyst. He works for Verizon, and uh, he goes and sets up stores all across America. And uh, he has beautiful daughters. My granddaughter, she's... Uh, attending USC, my oldest, and uh, then I have the Madison next to her. All of them, he named all of them after presidents. <laughs> I, have, I have Taylor, I have Madison, I have Kennedy, and they was all named after presidents, so <laughs> I'm very proud of what my son had become through God. And he do knows God, and he loves God, and uh, I'm very proud of him. And then the second, my second child died. Uh, he died of spinal meningitis. And, uh, but, oh, but God, because God gave me another son and his name is Leon, and now he lives in New Orleans. And with Leon, I'm very proud of him because he's just doing what the Lord tells him to do. He's in New Orleans. He has his own store in which he couldn't get one here in Missouri. So now he has his own store in New Orleans. And I thank God for that. But I just wanted to talk about my mother. Women back in the days was very strong. 
My mother came, uh, the 11th child of 14 kids, all from the country, uh, from Earl Rock, Missouri. And uh, she was just so strong. She, uh, she did day work, and my father, he worked for Swift and Company, the meat company. But my mother would take care of all of us kids, and after doing day work all day, and she would come home maybe around 6 in the evening, and she would get up a meal in around a half an hour's time. And I don't know how she did that, <laughs> but she did. So anyway, she uh, contracted a rare blood disease from one of her uh, one of her bosses that she worked for, and it touched all of her organs in her body. She had three brain surgeries, and uh, it was a time. I tell you, my aunties. They prayed a year around the clock for my mother. And uh, I know what prayer can do. You know. But what she went through as I was coming up, I was faced with the question, what God asked, what Jesus asked the disciples. He said, who is my mother? You see, the mother that I was used to before she had all the strokes and all the surgeries and everything, she was always so jolly. She had her speech. She could hear. She was the life of my family. But after she was in the hospital for that year, she lost her hearing, she lost her speech, she had to learn how to walk all over again. And uh, us being her kids, we had to learn how to communicate with our mother all over again. Uh, me and my sisters, we kept her. And, uh, a lot of things she wanted to say, she couldn't say. You know, she would call my husband that man. And my kids, she would say, baby? You know, because she couldn't say the words, okay? So I'm just doing this tribute to my mother, who was very strong of raising 11 of us. And... Uh, None of us never went to jail or anything. And uh, she always worked, so we always had something to eat. And regardless of who was in the house, it didn't make no difference if you was an alcoholic or whatever, she always opened her doors and you was welcome. So I just wanted to make a tribute to my mother whom I love dearly. And that question just came to me. I said, Lord, I don't even know this woman 
I know I have a mother, but I don't know this mother. How do I? But you know, one thing about God, he gives us all time. Time heals all, okay? So we had to learn, and we did, and it was tough. And I just wanted to sing a tribute to my mother. I haven't sung in maybe three years. I'm not afraid to sing. I love singing. I love dancing. But all of us women go through so much, and men too. And this is for everybody. And uh, I just want you to know that I love you very much, all of you. I love this church. I love everything that it stands for, and I thank God for it. So if you would just bear with me, I'm going to attempt <laughs> to sing through it all. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had many tears and sorrows. I had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. I've learned the phrases, and I've seen a lot of faces. There have been times I felt so alone. But in those lonely hours, lonely hours, Jesus let me know I was his own. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Thank God for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys, and I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I've never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God would do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned. 
to depend upon his word. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. I've learned to depend upon his word. I've learned to depend upon his word. Oh, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you for the opportunity that you have given me today. And I thank you, Lord, for this church, and I pray that it will forever grow. I thank you for all of us here who come out and, and just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of Jesus, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. That was great. So as we close today, I just wanted to uh, bring to your attention, you know, the, the people that really made this happen today was the women's ministry. You know, they made the bags. They came in early. They picked the speakers. They contacted them. Yeah. So if you see Heather, Aaron, Michelle... Uh, Christy Young, I don't know, Sharice, I don't remember who else is all the leaders, but, you know, thank them for today, you know, give them a hug, and then I also just want to take some time as we close in prayer, you know, to, to thank the speakers who spoke today, you know, your, your courage, your vision, your clarity on your words really impacted us, and so I just pray that the Lord just blesses you today with like an extra mother's day blessing on your heart for sharing with us. So I'm going to just close us in prayer, and then I'm going to release you guys to go eat lunch and enjoy the day. So Jesus, we just love you. We thank you for the women of this house. Lord, we thank you for the mothers, that heart of a mother, Lord. We just thank you that they shared with us today so we can learn and see you in a new way. God, I ask you that you would just bless all the women of this house, that you would just take them, Lord, deeper into your love and into intimacy with you. Lord, I just ask you that they would feel your presence of how proud you are of them, how much you see them, how much you value them. Lord, we just bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Eat some good lunch. <laughs>